This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Yes, there's a test at the end. In the test, this is how you pass or fail, okay? Do you understand that God loves you? If you say yes, you're passing. If you don't, you still pass. That's, that's the cool thing with Jesus. It's like there is no failing when it comes to him. It's all about, did we focus our eyes on him? We did? Yay, good job. You didn't? Well, there's an opportunity to do it now. That's what I love about Jesus. There is no failing when it comes to him because it's his victory. And that's actually what happens when it comes to faith. It's not us. It's not dependent on us. It's a fruit from the spirit. So that means it comes directly from God, right? So that means that if you're forcing faith, that's not really faith. That's actually something called belief. But your belief actually leads you to a place where you get to God and the word that God gives you and the word that you'd use it as an action actually turns into faith. Does that make sense? I know it's so simple. I was reading this book, um, by this, this faith father, I think his name is Charles Price, and he's really cool because he actually performed thousands of miracles, actually got people out of wheelchairs, uh, money would show up in their pockets, like all these really cool stuff that Pastor Abel talks about that I'm like, man, if only, Jesus, if only. And, um, and it's really cool because he just talks about this. He said that he realized the moments that he believed for somebody and he would go and lay hands on him, on them, as much as they were like, I know God wants to heal me, I know God wants to heal me, there would be no manifestation, there would be no results. And what he found out in reading scripture was, it's because they were in belief, not in faith. If they were in faith, then they would actually get up and walk. I, I, it was really hard pill for me to swallow because I was like, man, God, like that's really hard. And I thought about my born again experience. It was just, I had a little bit of faith. I said, I heard someone say that he loves me. And I said, I don't even know if you're real, but here we go. I had no faith there. I just had a little bit of belief. We would call that a mustard seed. I just considered, I recognized that there might be a God. And then I turned towards him. And when I did that, the word that he gave me set me free forever. And that's how I'm here speaking to you guys. The only reason I brought up my testimony was because it's an example of belief versus faith. Does that make sense? I don't know. To me, it's, it's God, is the, God, is, God is the best thing in the entire world, right? And he's all powerful. He can be everywhere at the same time. He's omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, uh, all these omni words, which just means he's actually a lot better than me, right? So I love that. So that means that there's no issue on his end. It's where am I in communication with him? Where am I in relationship with him? Does that make sense? Are you guys okay? Okay, when I, when I first heard it, I was really angry because I'm like, well, then where do I come in? Where's my self-effort? He was like, oh, okay. He was like, it's called relationship. <laughs> it's called when you take time to turn towards him and talk to him, you get the word from him in whatever way that he needs to deposit it into your heart, into your mind, whether it's audible, whether it's a picture, whether it sounds like your thought. Most of the time, you don't know if it is him or you until you actually go out and try it out. Are you guys with me? Is it, are you guys mad at me? No. Okay, good. So you are mad at me? Okay. <laughs> I love you. That's okay. That's okay. To me, it just took the weight off of me, right? It took the weight off of me. How many of you guys like carrying weight? I tell you what, man, my coach, yeah, he just made me so sad. Actually, yo, I have no pain in my legs right now. That's, that's, Jesus, that's Jesus right there. I was in so much pain. My coach, uh, Josh Carter, can we give a hand for him? I just love him. Um, He's a young adult leader. He serves in different areas, uh, camera, middle schoolers, everywhere. Uh, and then he's also my coach on the side. And he, it was just a sad day on Monday. It was just so sad. 
Uh, he took me out there. He was like, we haven't worked out in a week. And I was like, I've been running coach. And he's like, we're going to do full body. We went out there, did full body. I could not walk today. And we have a lot of steps. Jackie kept calling me old. And I was like, hey, there's power in, in the tongue. <laughs> there's life and death in the tongue. I'm not old yet. Um, I don't know why I was saying that. Why was I saying that for? Oh, oh, here it is. This is my example. Was this? I believe that him and I can have a great workout, but until I come into him in, in his presence, connected with him, and then we go together to the gym and he says, you put this much weight here and you do it this way, then I actually have results. I, I can sit at my house and be like, I'm, I'm at the gym right now. I'm there right now. Yeah, Josh, we, we made a plan together. I'm going. No, that's belief. Yeah? Okay. Everybody say hallelujah or something. Okay. So it takes the weight. That was it. It was taking the weight off of me. I even love this part of I don't need to come up with the workouts. I just have to show up. Yeah, I have to have like the right shoes so the workout can be better, but I can even show up barely, you know, footless. I don't know if the gym will accept me, but I know God would. You know, but I show up, I show up. And then God is the one that carries the weight of faith because it comes from him. It's an actual gift from him. It's a fruit of the spirit directly from him. We have one too, but it's called belief. It's completely different. Okay. A lot of the things that we're talking about, Pastor Kathy, the last couple of weeks is communication. The importance of communication. How do you communicate with God? Do you communicate with God? Do you not communicate with God? Why don't you communicate with God? Yeah? Do we all communicate with God? I'm trying to communicate with you. <laughs> Are you guys communicating with me? And it's okay if you don't. Like, it's, it's totally cool. And I love that because that's exactly what happens with God. It's like he speaks. He makes deposits. He's like, hey, I, I created this idea. I did this. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to respond? You're not going to respond. Well, I still love you and I'm still going to speak because he's a good father. And that makes me so happy because growing up with my dad, it was, I'm going to teach you one time. And I was like, I'm not that smart yet. I didn't know about coffee. You know, I'm too sleepy to understand that this is the dipstick for the oil. And he's like, I only have one shot. And then I'm too nervous and I'm freaking out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm, my car's going to blow up. You know, it's going to get stuck in the middle of the road because I don't know what a dipstick is. <sighs> you still don't, right? Yeah. I mean, thank God for YouTube. Thank God for books. <laughs> thank God for other people. Right. Other people that can be like, let me slow down enough to break this down for you. You pop the hood like this. You put the thing in majiggy like this. It holds the hood up so it won't break your head or cut your head off. You grab the dipstick like this. You see the little cap 5W20. That's what you put in. You want full synthetic because you want your car to last. But you see how that breakdown happened from a good father. Right. And then my dad and I have a way better relationship now. So now we actually have a conversation about this, but it works in the in the place of communication. Say communication. OK, the other thing is recognize. Say recognize. OK, so recognizing is really important because we have to be able to have an awareness of who is the one that's having communication with us. Is it ourselves? Is it God? Or is it the enemy? Pastor Kathy's been really big about, hey, I need you guys to know that there is an enemy out there and he does not like you. The reason that he does not like you is because he tried to be bigger and better than God. God said, you're not doing that. I'm too powerful. He whispered or he just spoke him and like a third of the angels got casted from heaven, went straight to hell, went straight to this place where we actually get to torment him because then he created Adam. He created us out of dust. And then he said, you and I, we're going to make you. What did God say in Genesis? 
We're going to make you in our image. And not only that, he also put Jesus inside of us. And I know this might sound like blasphemy for anybody that's religious, but it's like God put himself inside of us. So I don't know if we're equal or not, are we? It's just a question. I'm just asking a question. Don't look at me like that. You know, I just know that we're, I know that we're better than the enemy. Right. And something that he wanted really bad, God actually was like, I'm going to torment him by making you guys in the same image as us. Father, God, Holy Spirit, Jesus. So he gave us all the power, right? He then defeated Satan with death, which makes no sense to me. How do you die and then beat somebody? Every time I watch boxing videos, the person that gets knocked out loses the fight. Somehow Jesus got knocked out, went into hell, took the keys, came back to life. And he said, I win. Here's the keys. I trust you again. I recognize you. Are you guys still okay? The thing that keeps us in this place of communication and recognizing whether it's God, the enemy, or ourselves, is this place of hunger. Another word for hunger is actually stimulation. So has your stomach ever grumbled? I know my stomach definitely grumbled after these workouts. I've been so hungry. I only, I, I eat and eat and eat. And it's, I think it's good. I mean, it fuels me up. It gets me going. But it just makes me want to eat more. What are you guys eating? What are you guys hungry for? What are you guys stimulating yourself with? Is it communication with God? Is it recognizing God? Is it communication with the enemy? Is it communication with yourself? No condemnation. It's just an awareness piece, okay? You guys still good? Okay, the other thing is agreement, partnerships. I actually want to read this to you guys because it was really good. Uh, before I keep going, we're going to hit Psalms 91. I just want to read verse 1 and verse 2. Mazana, you don't have it. It's okay. I'm going to read it to you guys. It says, He who dwells in a secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Isn't that really good? Love that, man. The secret place. Where's your secret place? I like it in the message too. You who sit down in the high God's presence. Spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I am safe. How many of you guys don't feel safe? Good job. It was a test. You guys all pass. All right. First Peter five through six. This isn't a TPT. These are some of the verses that Pastor Kathy had. Verse six, if you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. For he always tenderly cares for you. Be well balanced and always alert. Say always alert. Because your enemy, the devil, roars around like a roaring lion, looking for its prey to devour. Every preacher you ever hear is going to say he's like a roaring lion, not is a roaring lion. So he's trying to look big and bad. It's when we partner with him that we actually give him power and dominion, and then he torments our entire life. But the same way that we were able to partner with him, we partner with God, and God's like, hey, what do you want to do? And God's like, cast that devil out of here. So you're just like, Jesus, how do I do that? Jesus is like, you say the name of Jesus. Okay, the name of Jesus, be gone, Satan. And then all of a sudden you're at peace. And I don't know how that works, but Psalm 91 says, when I'm in the fortress in the shadow of the most high, I am safe. So it's this thing of dominion that happens when we say the name of Jesus. So all of us, we're going to practice that real quick. Close your eyes. An old neighbor looks at you. You're just going to say, in the name of Jesus. Okay, good. Three people here. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. You got to fill in your own blank, okay? Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. 
the ability to actually go face to face with him, to have a conversation with him, to get a word for him. That's what faith is. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles you endure. Say, I'm not alone. And then after your brief suffering, say, that's brief. The God of all loving grace who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up. And he has all the power needed to do this forever. And it says, amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Okay, good. So this is Matthew 18, 18. It's so easy to remember. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I, that's the power of agreement. When you connect with God, it's like, what are you actually making agreements or pact with here on earth? Because whatever you're doing here on earth actually goes into the supernatural. The supernatural changes the earth. So what's going on in your life? What are you partnering with? Uh, I was reading this book by Bill Johnson last night. I finally finished it. It's called Face to Face with God. And it was so good. He said, what, whoever you forgive, I will forgive also. And I was like, man, like, that's really good. So Bill Johnson's thing was, if you don't forgive, does that mean that person is forgiven? And I was like, I don't know. That, that was just so interesting to me for him to ask that question. And, and I was like, God, show me everybody that I just need to forgive so I can stay in my own lane, so I can stay in my partnership with you. Show me what I'm actually holding on to that I shouldn't be holding on to. It was just such an easy conversation that I had with him after this run because I was trying to sweat all this pain away and it just made it worse. So I'm sitting out there and I'm like, Jesus, how do, what do you, who do I need to forgive? What do I need to forgive? And he showed me a list and I was like, how do you want me to do it? And he was like, if you just make a paper airplane and send it to me, I'll take it. And I'm like, I don't even know, that doesn't make no sense. <laughs> and he's like, but if you can be like a little child and actually do it with me and I did it and all of a sudden I felt lighter. I, I, I don't know why, but I did. And I don't need to know why because I feel good. All right, here we go. Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Again, he's reiterating, like, you don't understand, like the Hebrew people, when they actually say something again, it's an emphasis, it's an exclamation point, okay? So they're saying it, they don't repeat themselves. That's literally what happens. So again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Can we say that God's here right now? Yes. Come on. All right, here we go. Hebrews eleven three and eleven six. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen are not made of things which are visible. Honestly, every time I read things like that and you don't understand it the first time, it's okay to reread it. It's actually okay to ponder. It's actually okay to stay there and be like, God, what do you actually mean by this? Are you guys good? All right, nice. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. I know I'm going real fast, but I'm just trying to get through this. Okay, we'll do the recap part. Verse six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I, I really like that word, please. It actually came up during a so chat. It was, is God always pleased with us or does he actually become displeased? And, and that was actually a really good question. And the only way to really figure it out is to go and have a conversation with God about it. Hey, are you pleased with me, God? Yes. Okay. Why? Are you not pleased with me? How come? What happened? What did I do? What did I do? But it's your relationship between you and God, Right. I know one thing, all the thoughts that I had before I was born again actually led to death. 
the minute that I was born again, I started having good thoughts. Pastor Babette and I relate with that. I really love that. I hadn't had a good thought in a long time. Jesus comes into my life with my belief. His faith comes in and all of a sudden he's like, here's peace. Here's some love. How about you sleep tonight? How about no anxiety? How about you feel happy for a change? And so for me, I just keep it very, very simple. And I know it's really hard for us because if we're going through something really hard, we want a really powerful truth, something that like is really big. But really it's like that, that simple truth is better than a complicated lie. That simple truth is better than anything that the enemy is throwing against us. He's just that powerful. So when we partner with that, no matter how simple it is, we actually come into this place of power. So when I was asking him that question about, is it impossible to please him? He actually took me to Exodus 3. So when I was in Exodus 3, Mazan, I didn't give you this, but I'm just going to recap it real quick. It's Moses. And Moses turns towards the burning bush, which blew my mind. If you, how many of you guys would see a burning bush and actually stop to investigate it? I don't know about you guys. I've seen a lot of movies. I would run. I'm like, that's not supposed to be happening. I'm running. But Moses... In this lowest point of his life, in this place of exile, in this place where he felt he committed the biggest sin and people are actually persecuting him. Any of you guys ever feel persecuted? Anybody ever feel like you're an outcast? Okay, so what happened was he left and he went to the desert where he was completely alone without his family, without anybody that he grew up knowing. And what he actually did was he thought he was doing the right thing by killing this slave master that was hurting his people. He went out there and in the movie, I know they pushed him off. He didn't know. He like, if you read it, he beat the guy to death. Like it was like, he took his time. And then from there, he heard that he was going to get killed. How many of you guys ever get some thoughts that you didn't even hear? (laughs) I don't know. It just blows my mind sometimes of like the stories that we create within ourselves without somebody actually coming and communicating to us. Right? Like, where did we receive those things, you know? And then with him, it was like, I think that Pharaoh is going to kill me. And so he immediately started running away from his promise. He started running and running and running, ended up in the backside of the desert where he had nobody there. You know, he ended up getting married, had a kid. But to the, the, the point that I'm trying to make there is that he ends up having a kid and he's still so hurt that he says, this is my son that I've had in a foreign land. How many of you guys ever feel like you're in a foreign place? A place that you're like, I don't know if I belong here. What I loved was that didn't rob him from the opportunity of connecting with God, right? He saw the burning bush. It was actually a mystery. But the faith part, the power part was when he was like, I'm going to check it out. And then it said, Moses, Moses, here I am. And I love that. When you recognize God, when you shift your attention, then you can hear his voice. Sometimes I feel like we can wait and be like, I need to hear God's voice and then I'll turn. It's like, no, I think this is where God is. I think I'll find him in the Bible. I think I'll find him if I sit here quiet enough. I think I'll find him if I come to church. I think I'll find him if somebody prays for me. Then out of nowhere, you're like, oh man, there's God's voice calling out to me, telling me my purpose, telling me my destiny. Are you guys okay? Are you guys bored? Okay. Yay, awesome. So while we're there, it said that uh, God was trying to, tell Moses his purpose, right? Was to draw out the people from Egypt, draw out people that are hurt, draw out people that are being persecuted, Be Anybody have a heart like that where 
You just want people free. I know that's my heart. I just want people free. And God's like, this is what you're going to do. These are all the miracles that you're going to perform in front of Pharaoh. These are the words that you're going to say to him. And then what came up? Moses' insecurity. And to me, it's just so funny that like he had, he finally used his belief and had faith and is having a conversation with God. And then still he had insecurities and we can look at it as a negative, but I love it. (laughs) It actually makes me feel really good that even if I don't have the complete confidence, God's like not trying to throw me away. God's God wasn't like, I can't work with you, but it did say that God was upset. It actually said that God was mad. And I thought about it. I was like, God, you never change. You're consistent. Like, what's up with this? Like, you've never been mad at me. You weren't mad at me when I was a sinner. You're not mad at me now. Like, why are you mad at Moses? And what he shared with me, just personally, he said, I wasn't mad directly at Moses. I was mad at the lies that he was believing. And that just made me feel really good. That he's not mad at you. He's mad at an enemy that we might be partnering with or might be communicating because the only person that we should be communicating with is God, right? But it's not because he's a dictator. It's because he's this powerful king that loves you, that wants the best for you. And Romans 8, 28 says that all things work together for your good. So that means he only has good things to bring towards you because there's an enemy that we're actually meant to come and destroy and torment. You guys okay? And so is God pleased with you or not? I don't know. Yeah, okay, good. You talk to God. It's, that's the whole point. Okay, so let's go to Matthew 8, 5. I, yes, you do. Come on. Yay, I love you. So we're going to go to Matthew 8, 5. And it's just such a beautiful example of someone using their faith. Um, oh, I actually forgot this one last recap part is uh, unhindered trust. I just looked at the definition of those because that's actually the module that we're in. It's faith, a.k.a. also known as unhindered trust. And that word unhindered means to have no blockage. If it's hindered, that actually uh, the picture that I saw was a blockage in someone's airway. What happens if your airway is blocked? You're probably choked. You can't breathe. It feels like you're suffocating. You can end up paralyzed. You can probably have a lot of fear. You feel helpless. You get no nutrition. Unhindered trust when you turn towards God, there's something that he's able to do and get rid of that blockage, right? So unhindered trust, and then trust is full confidence in somebody's character. Isn't that good? How are we supposed to know somebody unless we actually have conversations with them, unless we communicate with them, unless we recognize that they're actually in the room? Hmm? Hallelujah. Yay. Okay, so this right here is really good. A great example of unhindered trust. Matthew 8, 5. It says, now, say now. now. When Jesus had entered Capernaum. Thank you so much. Really, that word actually is the village of comfort. Isn't that good? Oh, and actually Jesus had just came off the mountain. He was preaching, came off the mountain, did a couple miracles there. And then he was meeting with people face to face directly. I just, I love how Jesus was so personal with people. He's not this God that sits far away in his throne. He's like, look at these little ants. No, he's a God that's like, I'm coming off my mountain. I declared what I needed to declare. Now I want to meet you face to face with the problems that you have in the village of comfort. To me, it's so funny that he's in this village of comfort and this guy is sick. We'll read into it. So now, now when Jesus had entered the village of comfort, let me actually get it. 
a centurion came to him pleading with him. And that word actually came to him means to draw near. How many of you guys actually draw near to God in your own way? Raise your hands, Pastor Kevin. Yay, that's a good thing. We like that. Awesome. When Jesus had entered the village of comfort, a centurion drew near to him, pleading with him. That word pleading actually means to call to one side. Isn't that beautiful? To call to one side. Come on. Now, when Jesus had entered the village of comfort, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. So just breaking down those words, that word is village of comfort, came to him means to draw near, pleading actually means to call to one side. And then that word saying, oh, that word saying is to speak, to point out with words, to call by name, to speak out. How many of of us actually speak when we try to talk to God? How many of you guys in your quiet time don't care how crazy you look and you're like, Jesus, I'm just going to call out you. I'm just going to be real with you. I think those were my favorite moments when I would be driving in the car and I'll be stuck on 66 and I can either complain and partner with the enemy or I can partner with God. And then I just start being honest and I'm like, hey, these are the things that are happening at work. These are the way that I actually feel. And then out of nowhere, this peaceful thing would come and he's like, hey, can I just love you for a second? And that word love just isn't feeling that. That word love is actually a doorway to draw near towards him, a doorway to actually have a communication with him. And then from there, he's like, let me give you strategies on what to do at work. (laughs) I don't know. He's such a good dad. Like he's such a good father. So when Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority. Having soldiers under him, I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. Oh, man, God marvels at you. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Am I the only one that gets excited that he marvels at me? Like he's made so many things. He made these mountains and then he marvels at me because I had the the, the opportunity to come to him, to draw near to him, to use my belief to get a word from him, to speak to him, to point something out. That word Lord also means possessor or a disposer of things. And I know God's never disposed of me, but he's disposed of things that I shouldn't be believing. The word disposer also means arrange in a particular position. So that means that the things that you feel are so important and you talk and have a conversation with God with when your belief actually comes to him, the word that he gives you, he's like, hey, your priorities are wrong. Fear shouldn't even be on the list. Peace should be on the list or whatever word that he's given you. Are you guys with me? Like with this guy, his priority was that his servant, that word servant too also means a child or I love this, a king's attendant. Oh, an attendant is a person who is present at an event. We're all attendees right now, but even better, we're the king's attendees or a minister. A minister is a member of a government an ambassador of a kingdom. Say, I'm a servant. Come on. And then that word lying is give over to one's care, uncertain about the results. Anybody ever just be lying at home? We're like, we're not, we don't know what we're going to do. I know that's where I was when I first met Jesus. I was in this place of, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to lie here. And I literally lied there. And I said, here you go. I'm going to cast it over and bam, healed, made whole. 
I just, the enemy definitely complicates things. We complicate things. The simplicity of God, drawing near to him, calling him, speaking to him, allowing him to dispose of things or rearrange the way that we think or the things that we feel are so important. Being a child, even lying there, giving him the opportunity for us to get rid of control. (laughs) But most of the time we want to hold on to control because we're afraid of what the results might be. We're afraid of disappointment. I love how he says that he's the comforter, though. So if you're in disappointment, that means you get to call on to the comforter. Or like the soldier did. He had an opportunity. It was a horrible situation, but he had an opportunity to meet Jesus face to face. He had an opportunity to walk. Every time I used to read it, I'm like, oh, I'm Jesus, and I'm waiting for the soldiers to come, and I'm going to heal them. I never viewed myself as the actual soldier. As this guy walking and thinking, man, I hope you can do this. You know, I have my little backpack, I got my sword. And it's, I hope you can do this. I hope you can do this. I've heard about him. I don't think he had a Bible, but he heard about him. In our situation, oh, okay, I've read about him. I wonder if he can do this. I know what my circumstance looks like. I know what my situation looks like. I know what I'm believing, but I've heard of this guy. It wasn't until he came to face, face to face with him, told him the situation that then Jesus responded. Uh, something that Pastor JR and everybody said in so chats is really good. A part of communication is also listening. So you guys are all great communicators. <laughs> you guys are all listening really great. Um, the word tormented really got me too. I just wanted to break that down. And it says, uh, one of the pictures that they did with that word tormented, that what he was going through is someone that's at sea, that's struggling against a hard wind. Anybody ever feel like that? Like you're like, man, I'm trying real hard, but I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. Perfect. That's a great place to be to then turn towards God and be like, God, what do you want to do about this wind? How can we use this situation that's horrible for our good so I can change my sail and get momentum? Or are we talking with ourselves? Are we communicating with ourselves? Are we agreeing with ourselves? Self-talk. Or are you communicating with him? You guys okay? Yay. Okay. I love this part where the Lord, uh, which is a ruler, a disposer of things. (laughs) He said, I will come. Say, Jesus comes. He shows up by my side. He really does that. He had just gone off the mountain. I'm, I'm sure there's a multitude of people there. And he's like, I'm willing to leave the 99 for this one. This guy that's being tormented, that's against the wind. God isn't mad at you because of the situation or the circumstance you're in. He wants to partner with you and get you out of that. And it works. And it says, I will come. And that word, I will come, means show oneself with influence or be established or fall into or onto or accepted. Where do we need Jesus to show himself? And our belief turning towards him, our belief when we come and get a word from him, we allow him to show himself. And then we get the faith to go out and do something. It's not all on you. The perilous guy did nothing but lay on that floor. 
Okay, that word heal also means restore or bring back. How many of you guys need Jesus to bring you back? How many of you guys know Jesus never gets tired of bringing you back? We hit it in SoChats today, though. There's a difference between being rescued all the time and having a relationship. He rescued you once and for all. When you accepted him in your heart, (laughs) he rescued you. Now he has relationship with you. Now that means he wants to have communication with you. My wife and I were married. I don't ask her to marry me every single day, even though that's romantic. You know, we can make a Netflix movie out of that. I wake up every morning and I'm like, would you marry me? No, we, we do. We're already married. We are already married. We have relationship where we communicate. I get to know her. She gets to know me. You guys are, if you have Jesus living inside of you, you're already rescued. He wants to have a relationship with you. Is there situations that you're going through that you feel like he needs to rescue you with? You know, he's already there with you. He's with you in that strong wind. But he's the captain. And Hebrews actually says that he is the captain. He's the one that knows how to successfully direct your ship out of that storm, out of that wind. Isn't it good to have faith? Isn't it good that we don't need to figure it out all by ourselves? Isn't it good that the centurion had someone to go to? That rather than living and seeing his servant die or hurt every single day for the rest of his life, he had someone to actually turn to. Isn't that the whole point of having a relationship with God? Is that you no longer try to turn to yourself or turn to the world, but instead you turn to somebody that actually loves you and that wants the very best for you, that wants relationship with you, that wants connection with you, that actually has an answer for you. But if we can keep on communicating, then we'll finally reach the end of whatever it is. I don't know, for this paralyzed guy, he was healed. He was restored to his original design. He was brought back. And the centurion too answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. That word speak, guess what that word speak means? Have a conversation. Thank you, Jesus. I think when I actually look at the times that I've actually healed somebody, I wasn't like, I know what the Bible says to do. I'm like, God, what do you want to do with this person? And then God somehow gives me a download. We call it a download. Or God tells me, hey, this is what the person is struggling with. Sometimes it's unforgiveness. Sometimes it's pain or loss. Sometimes, I remember this one time with Nate, uh, him, him and I were doing hill sprints. We were young. It was the middle of the night. I really wanted an apple pie, but he wouldn't let me get one unless we did a bunch of hill sprints. I was just out of boot camp, so I wanted to show off. So like, we're running up these hills. And as I'm running up the hill, I wanted to show off. And like, there was a stop sign. So I went and I hit it. And as soon as I hit it, there was a pothole, rolled my whole ankle, just rolled it, fell on the floor, started ripping grass out. <laughs> Tears were coming out of my eye. And then Nate saw me and he was like, I know what to do. And he's like, stay right there. And he's like, God, what do I do? And then he just put his hands on my ankle and then I was healed. And I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm healed. Like I was just so blown away that I was healed. I had just been born again. So I was like, I can't believe he did this. This is crazy. And then we started doing hill sprints again. We're going up that second hill. We're running, we're running. And then Nate was like, I hate you stop sign. So he ran, hit the stop sign, rolled his ankle in the same hole that I rolled mine in. He fell on the floor and I was like, God, what do I do? I know what you did for me, but do you want to do it for Nate? I know what I want to do from him and I know what you already done for me. Do you want to do it for Nate? And then I actually saw a green light and he was, I was like, okay, I got the green light. And I was like, Nate, it, God, if God did it for me, do you think he'll do it for you? 
And he closed his eyes and he was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, there we go. Put my hand on him, healed. Healed. I, I just blew my mind. I know, I know. I, it just blew my mind because uh, God cared about my apple pie. <laughs> but he also saw me doing this part with you guys, trying to talk to you guys about faith and communication. But first, we got to chase the apple pie sometimes. Are you guys with me? He was restored. He was brought back to life. I had a conversation with him. You have to speak with God. Have a conversation with him. Just take one second to be like, okay, I see a guy in a wheelchair. God, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Hey, this is where they are in life. This is what happened. Okay, you, now you have a download. Hey, hey, I don't, know, I don't know you, but this God that really loves me, this crazy Spanish guy talked to me about this God that loves you, and I heard him say that you actually got hurt doing X, Y, and Z. And now you have more to go with rather than just, hey, in the name of Jesus, someone's wanted to hear you. And if that's what he's telling you, go for it. But there's something powerful that happens when God reveals something very intimate about that person. You go and you're like, hey, this is what the Lord of the universe had told me about you. Right? Like it's more than just I, I did a good job as a Christian. I healed somebody. I used my faith. It's like, no, you, you brought relationship into this person. So if there's ever an accident again, while they're doing apple pie stuff, running up hills, they'll be able to get their own healing without you having to be there, without having codependency with you. Are you guys, we're good? Are you guys reading me? Tracking? We're almost done. If you're bored, four more minutes, okay? We're almost out of here. The reason that he was able to do this is because of authority, right? It says, 25, therefore I say to you, do not worry. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Who's I? I lost my paper. What scripture was I in? Uh, Matthew 8. Matthew 8. Thank you so much. I love you guys. All right, here we go. Having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, as surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into our utter darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as I have you been believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. That part of the ripping and gnashing of teeth, if you actually look at it, he was addressing the Jews that were there that were like, hey, this is available to you. You got to remember that centurions at that time were Gentiles. So they're either Roman or Greek or some kind of slave. So they technically weren't into the lineage of Abraham because you had to be Jew. You had to be a Jewish. You had to be a Jewish. You had to be Jew. You had to be in that lineage. So he's saying, man, what disappointment awaits for you guys that are already in the promise? They're already in the covenant. They already have access to me. They have access to God that knows the scriptures and you guys do nothing with it because you don't believe me. I used to read it and I'm like, man, like God is so rough. You know, and um, I had read a bunch of like different books and a lot of them talked about the, the greatest motivator is going to heaven and then finding out that there was so much potential that God had actually put inside of us. That, he, that, that God was actually like, this is who I originally created you to be. And you decided to stop. And it's not a fear thing. It's just, for me, it's a curiosity thing. God, who am I supposed to be? 
Let me use my belief. Let me use this thing that I heard to come, make it an excuse to have a conversation with you. And then God can go and be like, this is who you're supposed to be. Here's step one. Are you guys okay? Okay, one more minute. (laughs) I don't have time for it. It was in Genesis 24, but that's okay. Okay, everybody, I love you. Close your eyes real quick. I know I sped right through it, but I just really wanted you guys to get the simple truth. God wants you to use your belief, which is any little understanding, big understanding that you have about him to then have a conversation with him. And what he imparts to you, the word that he gives you and the word that you act on is faith. It's having the character in him. You don't get to know his character unless you communicate with him, unless you allow him to put pictures in your mind, thoughts in your mind, even if it sounds like you, you won't know whether it's you or him unless you act on it, okay? He's only gonna give you good things to act on, okay? He's not gonna say, jump off the bridge. He's not gonna say that. He didn't say that to me, okay? All right, everybody close your eyes real quick. Close your eyes. There you go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you want to communicate with us. Thank you, God, that you want to talk with us. Thank you, God, that if this centurion, this example of a man that was actually part of the army that crucified him later was able to come and be face-to-face with you, speak to you, have a conversation with you, get a word from you, and then have a miracle happen, I know you want to do it with us your son and your daughter, the place where you live, the place where I can see you face to face right now in whatever way it is that you want to show up. Yeah, and Jesus, we just give you permission right now for it to be a simple, simple picture, but very powerful, very powerful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And right now, if you keep your eyes closed, but if you're having trouble or you feel like there's a blockage there, feel free to come up. We're going to pray for you. Pastor Kevin's here. Uh, Pastor Babette, myself, Grace, Miss Grace, uh, Pastor JR. We're all up here. Uh, just come. We just want to pray with you. We want to partner with you. What we care about here is you having a relationship with God. That when those strong winds come your way, it does nothing to you. Because there's a God that you can turn to to be like, don't worry, that's going to pass. Don't worry, this is how we go forward. At the same time, I'm also going to say, you know, so you can be brave, you can use your faith to come up here. If you just need a fresh touch from God, if you feel like you went off course just a little bit for whatever reason, you felt like you've been agreeing with the wrong thing, just come on up here. We'll pray for you as well. Yeah, you don't have to do it alone. And that was a beautiful thing about the centurion. He could have just stayed home alone. But instead, he, he, he chose to get uncomfortable, walk however miles he did, and meet with this Jesus. And his servant was healed. His child was healed. Yeah, so Jesus, we just love you. We thank you. We thank you for a beautiful week. We thank you for a beautiful start to a conversation with you. And if we already had conversations with you, I thank you for more. Yeah, and I thank you for the courage to act on the words that you're giving us. Yeah, thank you, God. Give us that bravery. Give us that boldness. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that it was a simple message and that's what you did. You did a simple gospel so we can understand it right here, right now. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We seal it. And then we just call forth anybody that needs to come up. Yeah, in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, I love you guys.